Kid. Hi, I'm Sammy Eisberg. We were here with... I'm David Goforth. Um, thanks for having me, Sam. So who do you currently play for or played for in the past? Well, currently I am a free agent, but uh, I've been with the Milwaukee Brewers and the Washington Nationals. How many uh, years have you played professionally? So I've been playing professionally for eight years. Um, drafted in 2011 and up until 2018. And what position do you currently play? I was a, or am, a relief pitcher. So I'm also a pitcher, and I know that I have a different routine than my other teammates who are not as pitchers. So what was your routine warming up before you went in to go throw? You know, um, that's a really good question. Um, I treat I treated it as, first and foremost, I wanted to get my arm ready to go into the game. Um, I don't want to be working on too many things. I just wanted to get loose. Um, and depending on the situation as a relief pitcher, depending on the situation of the game, there's times where you have to get ready quicker. There's times where you have a little more time. Um, for me, I could get ready. I got to where I could get ready in 10 pitches. If I threw 10 pitches off the bullpen mound, I could be ready to go in the game because you get seven, eight once you get out there. So that's, you know, on top of the 10 you throw on the bullpen. Um, but I would strictly throw fastballs, make sure my arm is ready to go and, and compete and, you know, is warm, uh, before I started doing anything else, like throwing secondary pitches or anything. What, um, the best, uh, piece of baseball advice you ever given someone or yourself? That I have received or... Either that you have received or you've given someone else that you've told them to do or something that they should work on. Gotcha. Um, I really think the biggest thing for me was doing what you do and do it well. Um, There's a lot of people that try to work on different things and try to... I don't know if it's... Obviously, everybody wants to be a better player, regardless what position, pitcher, hitter, whatever. Um, But if it's a guy that hits 40 home runs a year and wants to practice drag bunting, I don't know how much time we need to be working on drag bunting. Like, let's, let's do what we do well and let's, let's be really good at what we do. Um, So I think that was, one thing for me early in my career, I was trying to work on a lot of different things. I was different pitches, different, you know, whatever. Um, what I did well was throw a fastball and throw a cutter. And those two things were really well. I could do them well. So why not let's, let's perfect those two things and let's be, <clears throat> let's be really good at, at doing those two things. So would you say you would rather like have a kid who's hitting like 40 bombs, like you said, work on just like power hitting or work on more like what he should like hit power hitting or hitting like line drives and what people are telling him to do. You know, I hitting is a totally different animal. I haven't hit in a long time, so I don't know how to, I won't, wouldn't know how to really coach okay, or approach it. Side. But I think, you know, so 
from a pitcher standpoint, um, I feel like if a guy has power and has the ability to take me out of the yard at any point, I'm going to be a little bit more selective and careful with what I'm doing. Um, if I think he's, you know, if he, yeah, he has the ability to hit some home runs, but, you know, never really know what he's doing at the play. He may be trying to, he may lay one, like drag, okay, try to lay one down. That's fine. I'll, that's an out. You know what? I, that's the way I look at it. Like, so I guess what I'm saying is whatever you do well, perfect that and, and, and be the best you can possibly be at what you do well. So that's identifying, part of that is identifying what do I do well. Once you figure that out, now let's, let's perfect what we do well. And not necessarily saying, I'm not saying that you can't, you know, be good with other things. I'm not saying that also. So the power hitter, obviously, you know, we need to work on some bunning, doing whatever. You might need to bun a guy over sometimes. You may want, you need to work on bunning. But your bread and butter, what you do well is you're a power hitter, you're a guy that's going to hit home runs, and you're a guy that's going to drive in runs. That's part of the power hitter. You're going to drive in runs when guys are in scoring position. So let's do that. If, if I'm focused on being really good at that, guys are on third base less than two outs, I'm getting that guy in, whether it be a home run or a nuke out. You know, Even if it's a long out to the outfield, I'm getting an RBI. That's that's a power hitter. Why do you think that the people who are better than you uh, did not make it, and you did? You know, I like that question a lot because I've I've seen it firsthand with guys. Um, I don't want to name any names. I know their names, um, but there's guys I've played with in the, in the past that had way more talent than I did. Like they, I could just just watching them play, just. Gifted athletically, just God-given talent, um, and were really good when they wanted to be. And I think that's part of it. Um, you know, they don't maybe didn't take as much pride in what they were doing. Um, they knew they were gifted athletically, and they kind of either one quit working at it, or you know, putting as much attention to detail as is what they should have been. Um, but also the biggest thing, too, that I saw is when guys fail, there's a couple different ways you can react to that. And the guys that are at playing at the highest level of the game, they handle failure better than anybody else. And that's, that's the biggest thing. It doesn't matter how good you are, how successful you are, how much money you make in the game, you're going to fail at some point. You may fail a couple games in a row. You may you may fail for a month. A hitter may not get it. May get two hit. A 300 hitter may get two hits in a, in a month. That they have failed at what they're doing. How they handle that, the, you know, that's what separates really good players from fringe guys that are really talented that never can really figure it out um, because that's the whole thing man like you're gonna go through failure you're gonna you're gonna fail at some point and you can't 
you can't be, you know, pity me like, oh man, like why is this happening? Blah blah. blah. You know, you you just have to you have to recognize what it is that that caused you to fail. And sometimes it may not be anything. Maybe you did everything that you could possibly do. You just failed. Those days are whatever. Wipe the hands clean. You get another day tomorrow. Like you, nothing you can do about it. You have to literally just put that out of your mind. And don't even think about it. And there's other times where you're not succeeding or failing, and it may be something that you know, maybe a change that you need to make. And identifying that and understanding why something is happening, how to fix it, and how to get better and move forward from there. What do you? What is your definition of a mental game? So. That kind of goes into um, dealing with failure. Um, the mental game, I mean, that's that's something that sometimes often isn't talked about at at a youth level or at, you know, I know the first time I ever heard anybody talk about it was when I got to college at Ole Miss. We had a, a sports psychologist that came in and... and um, he worked with us and did things, and at the time, you know, we, we all thought it was kind of stupid. It was like, oh, this guy's in here, blah, 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 whatever. But, like I said, the more you, the higher up you go, you start realizing that the game is mental. Like, you, you have to be able to um, put those bad thoughts away. There's no way you can, if you're, if you have bad thoughts or you're, your, your mind's racing and you're thinking about other things. There's no way you can perform at a high level when you got that much stuff going on. Baseball's a hard enough game as it is. You can't be, you can't be thinking other things or, and I, I relate it to golf. You know, golf and, and baseball are a lot alike. They're both very mental games and they're more mental than, uh, a lot of people think. Um, but as far as a, a definition of the mental game, I would just say that it's a combination of of all of that, really. Um, you know, how to deal with failure, how you're preparing for an opponent, um, how to recognize when you start thinking about things that maybe during a pitch, say... Um, I'm about to throw a, a fastball down away to this hitter. And before I, I get the sign, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is the right pitch or not. The ability to step off the back of the mound, say no. We can't, I can't throw this pitch if I'm thinking, I don't know if this is the right pitch or not. It's having conviction that get back on the mound and say, yes, this is the right pitch. I'm going to execute this pitch. And if you do that, if you can... If you tell yourself that it is the right pitch, you throw it with conviction. Whatever happens after that is baseball. Like you, you can't control what happens after you make that pitch. Um, and that's another part of the middle game as well is is the uncontrollables. You know, controlling what you can control, knowing what you can control, and then knowing things that are out of your control as well. Um, so that kind of all ties in. To the middle game as well. So our last question here: Who was the best player you've ever shared the field with? Man, that's a good one. I was trying to think. 
I was trying to think about all the guys I've played with. Um, you know, I, I I will tell you one thing. Uh, the guy I didn't like facing the most, this was at the major league level, was Paul Goldschmidt. And I don't know that I've got him out yet. I've faced him probably three or four times. Still don't know if I've got him out. He, I think he's hit probably two or three backside doubles on me off the wall. Um, whether he's the greatest player or not I've ever shared the field with, I don't know. But for me, I can't get him out. So <laughs> I might have to say Paul Goldsmith. I don't know. I've played with a lot of guys. Uh, played with some Hall of, had a chance to play with a couple of Hall of Famers when I first got called up in 2015. I was on the team with Aramis Ramirez and and uh, Frankie Rodriguez, uh, Francisco Rodriguez. He'll you know, he holds a single season record for saves in the big leagues and had a chance to be around him a little more because um, we were in the bullpen together and and got to learn a few things from the from him and um, so there's. Those two guys for sure. I mean, they'll, they'll definitely both be Hall of Famers. Um, but as far as, yeah, Paul Goldschmidt, man, I'm still trying to figure out how to get him out. Perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate it. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show, the algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. This week, I would like to thank Nava, Bobby, and Scott for their reviews. And don't forget to play ball, kid.